2: Neal gets open for three. Dagger! To uh,
0: here comes Pierce with five seconds left. Pierce with three.
2: Pierce with two. Pierce falling away at the horn. Pitched up! With Morris Walt, Neal, and Gortel.
1: Gortel uh, can't find anybody. He
2: gives it to Walt.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host, first time solo hosting on this show. I am Arthur Reynolds. You can find me on Twitter at District Mamba. I am joined today by the writer of a piece that we retweeted on Twitter about the possibilities of a Demarcus Cousins John Wall reunion in DC. His name is Tony East at Tony at T East MBA on Twitter. What's going on, Tony? Uh, not a lot.
1: You know, uh, trying to figure out how to make the Wizards better is really hard with all this cap stuff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, man. And your breakdown of this uh, possibility was very, very good. I myself am an artist, so I'm not at all math savvy. (laughs) Um, So I figured our listeners could definitely benefit from your expertise because you got it down to a T. Uh, but before we get started, uh, Tony, go ahead and plug yourself in, because he is uh, one of the hosts for the Locked On Pacers podcast, also on our network. So go ahead and shout out your uh, your handle. Tell us a little bit about what you're working on and uh, where we can get your latest podcast at.
1: Well, I need to do my own credibility first, um, but I grew up Definitely. a man, so that's why I do the Bullets Forever stuff. That's where I actually kind of started my NBA writing. Um, Anton Jameson was my first ever favorite player, which is so random. <laughs> That's name. what's
0: up though. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but then I, I live in Indy, so I switched to more Pacer pacing, centric stuff. And then uh, when Lincoln Pacers came along, I, I ended up that way, but I actually, I just did a player season review for Bojan Bogdanovic, a former wizard. So if you want to. Ah,
0: Bo Buckets. Yeah. Yes, we'll have Bo to check Buck- that
1: out. I know he's the man. Uh, if you guys want to hop over and listen to that, I'd appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of Pacers stuff and try to sprinkle some Wizards stuff in between.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, no. I mean, Bohan was, you know, he was a, a spark off the bench when we acquired him. Obviously, you know, in the long run, we had to give up Andrew Nicholson and what ended up a, ended up being a pretty decent player uh, from the Nets for the Nets uh, with the draft pick. But yeah, no, I'll definitely look forward to that. I know he was a big part. Um, And, you know, he stopped LeBron once Mm -hmm. and, uh, he like, strapped him. So I feel like we never saw a defensive side to Bohan here in D.C. But And then making all those threes. But, yes. All right. So um, let's jump right into it.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league – Helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right. So, in your piece uh, that you wrote on Bullets Forever, uh, definitely check them out at Bullets Forever. Uh, the post is about DeMarcus cousins. You can find it uh, retweeted on our Twitter account. If you're interested in reading it, if you're not an audio person and you want to read it, there's a lot of good math on it. Um, first of all, the stat that you pointed out from the ringer, uh, that seven that 18 uh, players who ruptured their Achilles, only 17, you know 17 out of 18 players saw a decrease in minutes like right off the bat, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is coming off a really huge injury, a ruptured Achilles. It was heartbreaking to see because I, for one, even though like DeMarcus Cousins has an interesting reputation around the league, am a DeMarcus Cousins fan. So when I saw that injury, it was heartbreaking. But uh, Tony, go ahead and uh, give us any other information about DeMarcus Cousins that we would be interested in before we get into the cap perspective and the trade stuff.
1: I kind of went for that background first kind of stuff, uh, even though it wasn't super necessary just because I feel like cousins is a guy who needs it. You know, uh, Definitely, his friendship with wall adds a layer to everything that is involved with his wizards connection, even though that's pretty much the extent of it um, because you, you know, he is really good. He's four all-star games in a row and 20 averages over 20 points a game for his career. That includes his rookie years where he wasn't like even starting in Sacramento. And, He's just a complete stud, but then you look at this Achilles stuff, and it's like, would you even pay this guy as much as he's actually worth? Because you know the stat right after that one that you just said in the article is like only 80, 18 guys who they found that ruptured their Achilles. Less than half of them came back to play more than a year. Like it, some guys can't even run down the court after that. So right. you have to be careful with what it is. But you know if Cousins is even eighty percent of the guy he once was, he's still one of the best ten centers in the NBA. So. you have to balance the two things and figure out what you get. So the background was necessary, but uh, I like cousins as a guy because he like, not as a guy, like as a player guy, as a player. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Stretches the floor. And he, you know, he's a, he actually is a good defender because he's mobile. I don't know how much that'll be the case anymore, but you know, he stretches the floor. He can score inside. He's an all right passer. You know, he just does a lot of good stuff on offense and, and defense. So he would ideally, if he didn't get injured, it'd be very obvious why he would make sense in Washington, but now it's a little less obvious.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like you mentioned, you know, DeMarcus Cousins would bring a level of play at the center that we have yet to see. I feel like with the Wizards, we're always one step behind the curve. You know, it was we didn't have a stretch four and then we got a stretch four. But then we're stuck with centers that would thrive in the early 2000s, and now they are completely useless. And now we are going towards getting, you know, a center that can stretch the floor as a stretch five. And as a Wizards fan, it's impossible to say no to, I believe, either a change or talent. Uh, Because at this point, what we have on the roster, most of it is what it is, aside, you know, from Kelly Oubre and Thomas Adoransky everyone is basically kind of where they're gonna be at, uh, especially at the big man position where we're just capped and also uh, limited with who we have. So let's get into the cap perspective. Uh, what is uh, some of the holdbacks that would prevent <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins from coming here? And what would be you know some of the solutions since you touched on both of those? Um, well, I don't even know where to start.
1: Um, yeah. so- <laughs> The Wizards can't the, – the only way they could get him is a sign-and-trade, right? And the only team that can do a sign-and-trade is the team that just had the guy. So the only way this is possible is if he re-signs with the Pelicans and then comes over. So that's a hurdle because they have his bird rights, but they're also close to the tax. So they want to be careful with how much they resign him for and all that jazz. Um, and they also can't trade him if he gets the mid-level exception. I mean, he'll get a lot more than that, but – It's still something that's a rule. Um, And then the Wizards obviously have the problems of, of course, they're in the tax. Like, I think everyone alive knows that. Um, And the apron, so $5 million over the tax line, uh, is a number you can't cross if you acquire a player in a sign-and-trade. And And because Boogie will likely get a lot of money, uh, they'd have to find a way to trade for him and be far enough under that that they could sign other guys but they have to send out enough money to get him, so it's like a very tight, right. like broadly, yeah. it's a very tight window of money that they have to send out to get him. That makes them both be able to get better and makes it worth it.
0: Right, um, and I know again, like I mentioned, please check out Tony's piece on boats forever because all this is written down, and for someone like me, seeing the numbers in person would make it easier to process. But. The trade kicker that the Brooklyn Nets put on Otto Porter's Gosh. deal does God. that make things harder easier in this situation? Since you mentioned uh, salary that goes out,
1: yeah. So trade kickers are not relevant in in these scenarios because it can be forfeited to make a trade work. Um, but the thing is that the cap hit still, are like the like the, so this is an interesting thing about trade kickers. The cap hit falls on the team that receives the guy, which in this case is the Pelicans. But the payment is made by the Wizards, so that's really stupid. But okay. it is, yeah. But right. yeah, it's really dumb and confusing. But wow. it is, yeah. So that would be something the Pelicans would not like, um, but the Wizards would be okay with, I guess, because it would help. Like, I mean, we would have arrived here eventually. So I'll just say it now, like, if this trade happens, like Porter's in it for sure. That it's over. That's right. that's the discussion. Yeah. So, so the Pelicans would hate that, but the Wizards would like it, except just paying him. Over the rest of his deal, 15% of his money, except part of uh, trade kickers are, and I think a lot of people know this, is that you can't go over your maximum salary with the trade kicker, and 15% of Porter's salary added to his actual salary would take him over his maximum, so he can't actually get the full 15% until next year. Um, oh, okay. So that makes it even more appealing to do it <laughs> now, but right. it, there's, again, there's just so many layers he's signing trades, and the right. trade kicker on Porter makes it even worse.
0: Off the, I mean, this is like completely putting you on the spot, but off the top Ooh. of your head, when was the last, like the latest sign and trade deal? Because I'm aware of oh. like the um. the Miami Heats. You know, I, I think they did a they did a bunch of these type of moves. But what was the yeah, last
1: one last summer? I have to I'll have to look into the exact details of what it actually was. Um, but this is it's actually an OK litmus test for how this might go because. Right. One of the teams in it was a team that had high salary and then ended up having a, the weirdest, uh, like, cap handling season ever. It was the Clippers uh, getting Danilo Gallinari last summer was a sign-in trade because the oh. Clippers – Yeah, so the Clippers um, did not have any cap space. Um, the Nuggets still had the bird rights on Gallo. The Hawks had a bunch of cap space, so they all just combined for this three-team trade. I think Jamal Crawford, Diamond stoned and a first-rounder went to Atlanta – um, I can't remember what went to Denver. I think it was just a second or something. Um, and then Gallo went to the Clippers. Right. So, you know, the, the that's part of this too for the Wizards is like a third team might help because someone who can take on the salary that the Pelicans don't want could make this a lot easier. Um, ah,
0: okay. So that's, yeah. but, but then again, that's adding layers to this already complicated puzzle.
1: Right. And it also adds, um, assuming that, player added has to be on top of Porter's money which it does uh, it adds a, an asset the Wizards likely have to send out to make it happen so of course it right. gets more complicated than that but yeah the Gallo happened because the Clippers had no other way to get him except for to do it in that form so basically the Nuggets just got a second round pick for having bird rights on a guy you know that's the appeal for the Pelicans is that instead of losing him for nothing they get something for him um, but the challenge for the Clippers, and this was what the what I was just talking about, the Wizards would run into is the hard cap. Um, they had to juggle, like, signing their two-way guys to minimum contracts the rest of the season because they couldn't hit the hard cap. And, it, the, you know, they had, like, guys that just couldn't play in certain games because of it, and you never want to run into that problem.
0: Right, yeah, no, that, that's – yeah, I mean, like I mentioned at the very beginning, this is very complicated. It's uh, It's also it's so – funny-
1: it's so Wizards, too.
0: Right. <laughs> it's it's extremely so wizards and a part of me was like oh so wizards is over but it no. was it's it's never going to be over so um wizards in my and lifetime
1: are combined eras to me yeah i, I think they will never not overlap
0: <laughs> yeah that that's definitely true um, all right, well, before we uh, sign off here, I would like for you to uh, play GM. So Tony East is now the brand-new general manager of the Washington Wizards, and his first moves or his priorities for this summer would be to do the following.
1: Nice. Okay, well, actually, this is good because I can tease something. I'm going to write another thing for Bolts Forever soon. I think now is the time to trade Mahinmi me um, because yeah. – they could get far enough below the tax to use their entire mid-level exception as well as, um, you know, picks and, you know, minimum salaries, the BAE, everything, um, which is huge for them in this summer because this summer is the summer that the money is the most tight for a long time. So the mid-level exception goes a really long way. And they could get a player substantially better than Mahinmi for less assets than any other time because next summer the assets are less, but the player you get is substantially less. So I think that the balance there makes the most sense. and that's why I think they should do it now. And if they can do it without this year's first round pick, like if they could do 2019 and 2021 or something um, so they could add like two con- solid contributors, then I think that that makes a lot of sense too. And then you know all the little stuff that everyone else has suggested is always a good idea, like trying to get off Jody Meeks for cash or Jason Smith for cash
0: or stuff like that. Cash considerations yeah. the the yeah. wizard's favorite. The Wizards' awesome.
1: favorite player in the draft, cash considerations.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. Yeah, no, I love that plan. Um, like Tony said, he's teasing uh, his next piece for bullets Forever. That will definitely be interesting because as this summer, as you can see, there's a lot of math. There's a lot of tapped out uh, payroll. So it's in the hands of Ernie Grunfeld to maneuver. Ah, oh, and dish and trade and acquire assets and or cash considerations this time to um, make our situation better. Um, but yeah, Tony, go ahead and plug yourself one more time. Uh, I don't want to butcher any of your Twitter <laughs> handles for Locked On Pacers and yourself. Yeah, Locked On Pacers is just
1: at Locked On Pacers. Super easy. Um, we pre- we tweet all our episodes, and I tweet about how much I love Bojan sometimes. Um, and and then I'm at T East NBA. I know it's dorky to have NBA in your name, but it's all I tweet about. So whatever. Um,
0: no, that's, that sounds perfectly (laughs) fine to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And yeah, I I tweet a lot. So if you are annoyed by that, I'm sorry, but I am who I am.
0: No, no, it's all good. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. And I mean, it's exciting to be a Pacers fan with what just happened. I feel like every, time lebron runs into the pacers he crowns like the next piece that he deems worthy of challenging him in the <laughs> east first with paul george and now with victor oladipo so definitely a good time to uh to check out the pacers but that's gonna be it for us on the locked on wizards podcast i am your host uh, arthur renault check us out on twitter at locked on wizards myself at district mamba Uh, Next week, we have some interesting pods coming out. Uh, I will be doing another episode similar to this one, talking about Otto Porter. I know we have something on Michael Jordan coming out soon. And also more from Becca, Ian, and myself. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
2: Hey, Prime members.